Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Are we in a recession? Who knows? No one can quite agree. But here's what we do know. Things are crazy right now. Living costs are gone, have gone sky high. Some even say inflation has gone to 17% in America, with many other countries experiencing it much worse. And why are we talking about this today on Relationship Radio? Because it is affecting your marriage, probably. More than likely, the added stress of what's going on is making its way into added tension, more terseness in your conversations with each other. So we're going to talk about how do you deal with a looming or current recession, who knows which one it is, in your marriage. And I'm joined today by Dr. Joe Beam, who is not an economist, neither am I, but we can tell you how to do this well in your marriage. When it comes to relationships. I saw a meme the other day that I thought was really interesting. It said, right now, the most expensive vehicle is a grocery cart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. And, uh, you know, I've been going to the grocery store with Alice. You know, Mm -hmm. as we get older, we like to do more things together like that. And notice that the price of everything just seems to go up. Eggs are up, meat is up, all kinds of things like that. Uh, uh, Probably even the the vegan stuff, but I don't look at that, so I don't have any clue. (laughs) So we're looking at a time when finances can be tough. Our friend Dave Ramsey, uh, who has his uh, radio program all over America, and many of you may have heard Dave talk about financial peace and those kinds of things. Dave's a friend of ours. And Dave will say that the number one reason for divorce in America is problems with finances or disagreement about finances. And from his perspective, uh, that's probably accurate. As a matter of fact, let me say that definitely is accurate from his perspective. Because if you look at the number one thing that people argue about, It's money. They argue about money more than any other thing. Mm -hmm. Now, as social scientists, we look at it a little bit differently. We would see that the finances that they're arguing about would be the symptom of something deeper, that it has to do with relationship problems that are manifesting itself there. Um, We understand from John Gottman, who is a tremendous guru when it comes to research about relationships, that the three most common reasons— that people want out of a relationship is that I don't feel that you like me or I don't feel that you love me or I don't feel that you respect me. And so typically when people are arguing over money, there's a lot of stress and we'll get Kimberly to talk about that because she's the one who is the psychologist. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And that stress leads either one or both to feel disrespected by the other. And so, yeah, it's, it's the biggest symptom, if you will, but typically it comes back to what the relationship is made of to begin with. So Kimberly, how does stress, particularly financial stress, but any stress affect a relationship? I believe that the reason financial stress is so much heavier on a person or on a marriage is because the finances are a direct reflection of how you're spending your time. If I'm spending all this time and effort and energy to provide for my family and it still doesn't feel good enough, then not only it's not just about the money necessarily, it's also about 
mm-hmm. me. It's about I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not providing well enough. And especially for men who are more wired to be that provisionary mind person, that's how their brain works and how testosterone works in their body, all that, those things we won't get into. It can be more of a blow on their ego and on their pride when they feel like they are not providing enough for the family. So in a situation where the wife, it, we'll just take the stereotypical one, the wife is super stressed out about money. She feels like there's not enough. What he's probably going to hear, whether she says it or says it, but whether she says it out loud or not, is you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I need you to do more or I need you to do better. And he's already doing as much as he knows how. Mm-hmm. And so it goes back to what you were saying. It's that I don't feel liked, loved, or respected. I don't feel like my contributions here are being appreciated. Uh, they're only seeing the deficit of what I'm not doing. Or or is it a definite part of that same kind of concept is that the only thing I'm appreciated for is mm-hmm. what how much I can bring. Yeah. And it's not because you love, like, or respect me. Yeah. Many, many years ago, I was working um, – creating training courses for corporate America and for a bank over in South Carolina. I wrote a program for them to help them understand some things about customer service. And I put into that program what you would start it off with. So I'm kind of interested to find out how that you and I wound up thinking the same all these years apart, which is that money is just the way we exchange life. Mm. So back when it was just one village and you needed a pig and the other guy needed some corn, you'd swap the pig into corn. Mm-hmm. All right. But cultures became much more complicated. So we can't just go swap out like that. So what do we do? We, whatever contribution we make, we get paid for. And mm-hmm. so each dollar represents a part of my life yep. that you just said earlier. Yeah. And if then, uh, I'm not going to reiterate what you just said, because what it said was, you said it so well, I can feel inadequate if I'm not getting enough. But I also think about the disrespect that comes if you are handling money, yes, go ahead. Poorly. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the other part of it. I'm working so much, so hard, stressed out because everyone's stressed out in their job. So I'm stressed <laughs> out trying to do all of these things. And then you just spend it willy nilly. You aren't saving. You are just buying whatever you want. And therefore, the pressure comes back on me to continue working to provide when it's, and then it becomes like this hamster wheel that you can't get out of mm-hmm. because there's one. And then the disrespect comes from you're not respecting the output of what I'm doing. You're not respecting the life that I'm bringing exactly. in. Exactly. You're not willing to live within. Right. Therefore, I feel like I've got to get more. Mm-hmm. And so then comes this thing called credit. And credit basically is pledging your future life. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I have a dollar bill in my hand, it's for what I've done. Mm-hmm. If I have a credit card in my hand, it's for what I feel I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so if you charge a hundred dollars, now I've, I've actually pledged a hundred dollars worth of my life to have to have to earn to pay that debt. And so people get into situations where I would agree with uh, Dave Ramsey on many, many things. The man's brilliant where he talks about how the debt becomes this big stress thing, because now it's not just I'm not making enough money to live on or enough money to keep you happy or enough money to, that that you can live with the spending habits that should mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. But now we have pledged so much of our future that I don't ever see a way out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be living under this burden for years and years to come, and that intensifies the stress, right? Mm-hmm. 
So what would you say to a couple? I actually had a guy invite me to lunch one day, and we were eating. He's a friend. And he said, you know, I make decent money, but I can't make enough money to keep up with my wife's spending. Mm. He said, what do I do? So what would you tell him? Mm-hmm. In an ideal situation. <laughs> Where money does not have the emotional toll that it typically has in conversations in a relationship. But in an ideal situation, it would be, hey, can we have a conversation about, about the money and about what, your spend, what the spending needs are for the household and the wants beyond that? And how can we both compromise where we're on the same page to where we, we're both being able to get what we want and neither of us is living outside, but also neither and outside of it, meaning now there's not one or both of us who's being super spendy, but then there's also not one of us who's being super controlling with saving all of the money. How can we find a good balance between the two? That's ideal. But I think that finances are like sex in the sense that people have weirdness around it. <laughs> and we have a lot because, and I think it's because it's so tied to deeply of who we, like we were talking about, it's mm-hmm. part of your life. My work. Exchanging. It's my work. And so, the, so there's a lot of emotions that are on top of it mm-hmm. that can make it a hard topic to have a conversation about because you're bringing the emotions with the data. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, well, let's say that, well, we make we can make either spouse the breadwinner. Let's just make it the female, the wife. She's the breadwinner, and he's Mister Mom. He's staying at home, taking care of the kids. Do you think he's really going to fully appreciate the stress he feels if he's out there spending more money than she's making, or if you turn it the other way around, he's the one out there working and she's at home? Do yeah. you think the other spouse really appreciates the stress the other person feels? N- not in that situation. Not if they're spending so much that it's that it's extravagant. Right. To where, you know, we don't need to go on a vacation every single month right now. We don't need a Starbucks visit every day. That was one of the one of the um, couples we used to be friends with when Rob was in the military. Her Starbucks spending habits, she would spend twenty dollars a day and he was a lower enlisted, like he was not making a lot of money. And she's spending six hundred bucks a month on Starbucks. She went three times a day to Starbucks. Yes. And she was spending $600 a month on Starbucks and she was unwilling to stop that habit. Now that story ends very unfortunately where he literally abandoned her in the middle of the night, like took everything that he needed and just left. Because he felt she wasn't listening. I mean, it was a lot of things, right? It was, there was that, there was the spending, but also there was a lot of disrespect in other, in other areas. They were trying to have kids and she would openly talk about things he wasn't doing uh, that he should have been doing to for his own male part of the of the infertility process just in front of coworkers of his mm. which was incredibly disrespectful right mm-hmm, so right. but that's the that's the kind of thing like in them i don't know this for sure but let's use this as a hypothesis if they were to talk about money he's not just bringing in her starbucks her starbucks spending habits it's also you disrespect me anyway yeah but that was like the icing on the cake, right? It's like yeah, exactly. Because enlisted men, six hundred dollars a month to an enlisted man in the military is a heck of a lot of money. It's a lot for anyone to be spending at Starbucks. <laughs> well, not if you're you know the guy that Elon I really Musk. like, Elon Musk. <laughs> I like Elon Musk. He probably could afford twenty dollars a day for Starbucks. Pro- okay, probably Elon Musk. But for the rest of us, living a little closer to. 
uh, I, I am a fan of Elon Musk. I just want everybody to know. So and I'm we, a fan of Justin Bieber. I bet he could spend six hundred. He probably months. could. <laughs> but we look at that and say, okay, so then people should actually be living by some kind of a budget, and the yeah. ones that do, mm-hmm. they work out the budget together. It's still a problem, in my opinion, if one of them walks in and tells the other, right. this is the budget you're going to live by. Exactly, because there's no compromise in that. Mm-hmm. But if they can work it out together, mm-hmm. this is what we have to do. And sometimes you have to actually go without some things. Mm-hmm. And I have seen couples where that, that can be a problem because it's like, but, but my friend gets to buy that, why mm-hmm. don't I? That friend over there gets to have that, why can't I? Mm-hmm. It really comes down to whether you value the relationship or your desires, Mm -hmm. which one is the most important. Mm -hmm. It comes down to that Mm -hmm. because there have been people throughout history that have had nothing and had Mm -hmm. tremendous relationships and really good lives. You don't have to have money to have a really good life. I was born in a farmhouse. And it was a, it had no running water. (laughs) It had no central air, no central heat. It had a fireplace in the living room. So that's where I was born because it was February and they moved my mother's bed where the fireplace was. And, and my grandfather, it was his house and grandmother. uh, They lived their whole lives like that, had their children, Mm -hmm. raised them, et cetera. They didn't have to have much money. Yeah. And so it's really what's most important to you, things or relationships. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to that prestige mm-hmm. or relationship. I have had lots of money at one point in my life. <laughs> Let's stop and think about back when Joe <laughs> used to have money a long time ago. I've had lots of money at one point in my life and I have been so destitute. I lived in the backseat of my car. I have done all of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, while I see the value in money, I've come to realize you don't have to have it. If you're willing to live a lifestyle that you can afford, you don't have to have more money. Make it great. So what's our recommendation to couples if they're having stress over this reception? Recession. And, And I think we need to touch just a bit on the last thing you just said, which is staying within a lifestyle you can afford. So there's probably several people listening to this who are like, two years ago, we could afford all of these same things. Right. Nothing has changed except the prices of everything have gone up. Exactly. So in those kinds of situations, it's still good to start with a conversation with your spouse. And and even just having it where you start with a vision of the future. What are some of the goals that we have together? What are things we want to be able to do together? How much do we want to be able to save for retirement? And you don't have to get too much into that on the first one because it can be overwhelming. But But what you're trying to do here is what is the goal we can work towards together here and how can we come together enough? And maybe it's just for the next year. We, we want to be able to, um, you know, have that emergency fund and continue to keep up with the cost of inflation. So what do we need to do over the next 12 months to, to get us there? What can we cut? And when you start with that vision of what you're trying to do together, you're more likely to work together towards that. Now, there also may be other times where in that in that vision of what you want to do together in the future, you decide, um, you know, we are going to take more of a risk in certain areas of our life because maybe one of them wants to start and become an entrepreneur and both of you together decide 
we're going to take our savings fund. We're going to put it towards this, this investment of them starting their company, but we're doing it together. It's not just one of them saying it's what I'm going to do, spending all of the money. And then the other spouse who didn't want it to happen in the first place is even more stressed about finances because she or he didn't agree or approve with spending all of that money. Right. So just get on the same page with the vision and then work together on how you can compromise in the short term to help you work towards that vision in the long term. Kimberly, as we were talking about this, I'm, I can't remember exactly how long ago this was. It was 25 to 30 years ago. It had to be. Uh, it was a, a when the oil boom went through a big recession. So we'd have to look up the dates as to when that was, but it was way back. Uh, shortly thereafter, I met a banker who had just lost everything. He had put all of his investments into oil. Mm. And he had three or four different houses. He had one like in Spain, for example. I mean, he, this guy was a multimillionaire. And when that went down, he lost everything. Now, I'm talking to him and his wife. And his wife said, of course, we had to sell the houses. She said, I actually wound up having to sell most of my clothes. Mm. And she had all these very luxurious. She said, I had one luxurious dress left and I was going to wear it at this particular meeting where I met them. I was going to wear it here. And so we bought economy tickets on the airplane to fly here. And I packed that dress and I put a can of hairspray in the bag. Oh, no. And it exploded somewhere in the flight. Oh. Apparently, that wherever the luggage was wasn't pressurized. She said, I opened it up and my last beautiful dress was completely unusable from this point on. I mean, to the point where you literally have to throw it away. And and I'm looking at her and she seems to be at peace. And I said, why are you not more upset about this? She said, well, we still have each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of a good thing. I lost the last thing mm. that tied me back to the money mm-hmm. because we'll be okay. We're not going to starve. Uh, we've definitely had to change our lifestyle mm-hmm. and who knows how we will end up in the long run. We're obviously not giving up, but I'm okay. God is with us. My husband loves me. I love him. We're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So the takeaways for this is really coming to that to that place in your heart, even maybe before having the conversation of money is not the end goal. Mm-hmm. Having the strong relationships, strong family, being together. That's more important than anything else. But to have those conversations... Start with that vision, work together to compromise, cut spending where you can, and that can help you get through a looming recession or any other financial difficulties that your marriage faces. For further help, we would love to help you. If you want to know more, not just about the finance side, but about how to really get your relationship to be the best that it can be, we can continue to help you with that at Marriage Helper. We have way more behind what we have been talking about here that you can find through workshops and courses that we have. Just go to marriagehelper.com. And if this has been a helpful episode for you, share it with a friend and please leave us a five-star review. That is the best gift that you can give us. And guess what? It's free. It doesn't cost any money. It helps the show to be able to reach even more people. Dr. Joe, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. We'll see you all next week.